This is Capitalize Your Finances, the show representing you, a select group of excited, ready, and fired up listeners seeking to potentially maximize your money moves and get after it. We don't settle for generic advice of always and nevers. Our currency is our intellect, and we constantly seek the logical way of likely creating advantages to potentially maximize wealth for your personal and unique situations. This show brings you the step-by-step framework to capitalize your finances in all aspects of your financial situation. And we strive to explore strategies and ideas to potentially help you capitalize on your financial decisions. We are Capitalizers, and this is our show. Welcome back to Capitalize Your Finances. As always, I am your host, Christopher A. Paniotu, The Cap and Capitalize. And today, I am dedicating this episode to one of my favorite financial authors, William Green, author of my favorite read of 2022, Richer, Wiser, Happier. Now, before I tell you a bit about William, why I'm dedicating this to him in the first place, and what I got out of our fantastic first interaction together, first of many, I hope, I want to first catch you up to speed in regards to how the heck I got here in the first place. Now, I first want to state the obvious. I absolutely love what I do. Capitalizing your finances is my calling, and there's a tremendous amount that comes with that territory. Capitalizing your finances, capitalizing your investments, capitalizing your business. The list could go on and on for miles. With every gift, comes a curse. And the curse that tags along is that to truly live and breathe the day-to-day life as the cap and capitalize. In short, it's not easy. With that being said, because I know that and have known this since I started my quest to becoming who I am today, I can tell you that I have loved every single minute of it. The ones that are closest to me know that I've been obsessed with this stuff essentially all my life. Once I graduated from the college with the best football team in the Pac-12 and could be the only one left the way things are going, University of Oregon, after settling into my groove of life, I made it my mission to dedicate my entire decade of my 20s to becoming the best all-around financial planner I could be. Coming out of college with an obsession for competition, and simply being the best, that was all I was locked into, being the best. For those of you that have built a business from scratch or have worked for someone and saw the construction firsthand, you know the obvious to-dos. You go to every networking event imaginable. You collect every person's business cards. Once that event is done, you make sure you are the last one to leave to make sure that no stone was left unturned. And by stone, I mean perspective opportunity for business in any shape or form. Then the next day, you call every single card and make sure that you get them into your office somehow, some way, learn everything about their business to help their business be true to your word and follow through and hope to God they do the same with you when they are blown away by your brilliance. But it, it's, it doesn't stop there. During the normal office hours, you do everything in your power to make sure the people you serve are taken care of to the greatest level possible, whether it directly relates to what you do or within your circle of professionalism. Heck, even if not, 
You will do anything for those first clients that trusted you before anyone else. And lastly, but most importantly, when the office is closed and the networking events are complete, you head on home and begin researching your craft to further understand every aspect of how your industry's watch is made. And again, none of this is new to those that have dedicated themselves to their craft. And I'm not saying that I outworked everyone, was the smartest, the fastest, et cetera, et cetera, because there is always, and I mean always, someone out there that will out whatever you. All I could do, and you should do too, is take all my waking hours and commit to absolute greatness. Now, that last part is key regarding the research because at 21, it's safe to say that regardless of how far ahead of a start anyone has in any industry, the fact of the matter is that the absolute amount of years you've been on earth is nothing compared to your elders in your industry. So the only way for you to match that knowledge is simple. First, catch up, and then once you have, blaze past them. Now that you know what I dedicated my 20s to, I want to tell you the epiphany that I had earlier in 2022. As you could probably imagine, most of the people I've partnered with in the financial industry are, shall we say, more vintage than yours truly. I say this because eventually, all things being equal, I am going to be in this industry past their expiration dates. That much is pretty obvious, but where I'm going with this is that I knew the, in, the amazing investment minds I have worked with for the past decade may not be around forever. So just as I was called to dedicate my 20s to my day-to-day -day craft, this time I was called to dedicate my 30s to learn how the investment watch is made, just like I said earlier. This is also critical to know about me because it was the investment side of the industry that initially pulled me into the world of capitalizing your finances. And it was about time that I ate my own cooking and went back to the area of interest that got me hyped about doing what I do today. To take you a bit farther back in time to the end of 2021, for those that are closest to me, they know that I am a gigantic Fan on reflecting on the year that passed and prepping for the year ahead. Now, some would call these New Year's resolutions, and I admittedly still call them that, although I think about it in a totally different way. For me, I think it's valuable to make new goals to improve yourself by the end of the year, because by the time you've committed to one, two, or however many things, by that point, you can honestly tell yourself if your new incredible habits are ingrained, your business or fitness goals have truly been obtained, and anything else you could think of. At that point, you have been conditioned to further improve yourself because you won't have to think about your new improved habits because they are part of you or your goals because you've completed them. In 2022, one of my major goals was to absorb as much as I possibly could in the world of investing. What did that result in? You guessed it. An unhealthy Amazon binge of buying up the best rated books I could find. 
This also led me to interviewing some of the most incredible investment minds out there in 2022, such as Todd Tracy, a best-selling Wiley author on teaching over half a million people how to read financial reports, and New York Times best-selling author of the Warren Buffett way, Robert Hagstrom, who learned directly under legendary billionaire investor Bill Miller and has interviewed on multiple occasions the Oracle of Omaha himself. This is where William Green comes in. March of 2022, I picked up his book, Richer, Wiser, Happier. Now, before I give a much-needed plug of William's life-changing read, I first have to give a shout-out to today's sponsor of this episode. Capitalizers, this episode is sponsored by the best-selling book, Capitalize Your Finances, the how-to financial framework that takes you from compoundingly clueless to monetarily magnificent, regardless of where you are at in your financial life, whether you're just beginning to express interest and commitment to your personal finances, you're at the pinnacle of your career, you're winding down into retirement, or you're thinking about your legacy for future generations, this book walks you through every step of the way so you can succeed on your terms and with your own values and passions guiding you. After reading this book, you will officially have me, Christopher A. Paniotu, the cap and capitalize in your back pocket, guiding you in detail through every step of the way so that you can take charge of your finances, not the other way around. Head on over to amazon.com today and start capitalizing your finances to the fullest with this incredible book, Capitalize Your Finances, the how-to financial framework that takes you from compoundingly clueless to monetarily magnificent. And now, back to the episode. Christopher Paniotu is a registered representative with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. The investment professionals are affiliated with LPL Financial and are conducting business using the name Capitalize Your Finances, a separate entity from LPL Financial. William Green is a -a one-of-a-kind author that has written for basically every major financial outlet you can think of. Time, Fortune, Forbes, Fast Company, New Yorker, Spectator, and The Economist. What initially drew me to William was the fact that he had interviewed essentially every major investment mind in the world that you can think of. Even better, Richer, Wiser, Happier dedicated each chapter to each amazing person. Now, I'm not going to give the entire book away, so you first need to head online to snag a copy of this beauty ASAP, but I do want to touch a tidbit more on a couple major tokens that stood out to me in the most inspiring way. Similar to my fascination with interviewing some of the most incredible money minds, William dances to the same tune, only that he's been dancing to that tune for a quarter of a century longer. For so many reasons, I was more excited to read his book than ever before, as he has been just as obsessed as me for at least twice as long. Now, on top of that, I thought that it would be enlightening to see how he interviewed these people so I could, in turn, capitalize on my interviewing skills to his level. Heck, now that we're both authors, I even thought I could get insights into how he wrote so I could become a better writer myself. When I first cracked the sucker open, the obvious observation my wife had was that I did not set this thing down. How did Stephanie know this in the most literal sense? 
We had a flight from Washington to Florida to see some of our family and the entire six plus hour flight, both ways I might add, this book did not close once. As a quick side note, whenever I read life-changing books like this, I always carry with me a highlighter, a pen, sticky notes, and my quote-unquote knowledge binder to write down anything that sticks out to me as uber important. So for the purpose of pure comedy, Steph was not pleased that I paid essentially zero attention to her during that flight on top of handling and handing her my binder, highlighter, pen, and sticky notes on and off. But anywho, back to William and his book. The first couple chapters, I got stereotypically sucked in as he was interviewing minds that I have mentioned on this show on numerous occasions, and there was nerdy financial wisdom to be had. It got incredibly interesting after these chapters, and this is where I was drawn to connect with William. As I was reading, I felt like he was almost trying to tell his readers something with without being direct, and that is a huge skill to master in writing, and very few have it. When you read Richer, Wiser, Happier, or any of Williams' books for that matter, you will quickly realize what I'm talking about, as he has an amazing way of writing that balances the ability to lure you in as if he's speaking directly to you, while also allowing you to let your mind wander and simultaneously be fully engaged into every word he writes. It sounds bizarre, but it's true, and as an author, it's something, again, I'm striving for. I wanted to not only meet William simply because I looked up to and continue to look up to his professionalism and character. I wanted to learn about the man behind the pen. So with that, I did what, frankly, the cap and capitalize always does. I went hunting on LinkedIn. One thing that I want to quickly mention is that for those of you that are listening in, if I could give one piece of completely unwarranted advice regarding connecting on LinkedIn, it's this. Be genuine. I thought this was sort of a given, but considering the amount of initial connection requests I get, as well as my previous guests, apparently it's worth another mention. This is not 100% true, but the majority of the time, if you sincerely look up to someone and want to meet them, to thank them, pick their brain, and commit a small amount of time to getting to know who these people truly are, if you reach out with genuine kindness and flat-out honesty with pure intentions, these people will recognize that, and they will give you the time of day. And again, not everyone is this gracious, but more times than not, you're going to be pretty positively surprised. And I mention this because that is exactly what I did with William, as I do with everyone, and he was honored and happy to set up a time to chat over Zoom. Now, you have to know this about amazingly successful people like Mr. Green. It is an understatement to say they are incredibly busy. So, when we had to plan nearly four months out, I was delighted because that's generally the fast track. The best things in life you gotta pay to wait. And speaking with a man of character that matched Williams fits that category to a T. When I saw that date on my calendar, not only was I beyond excited, 
I could not stop thinking about how this conversation was going to go. I make it a habit to have zero expectations for any initial interaction I have with just about everyone because I've been in business long enough to know the golden rule in terms of assuming. With that being said, for whatever reason, I was slightly bending that rule with this exception, but not breaking it or try not. Okay. Okay. I completely broke it. I, I got to admit flat out lying to you. I broke this sucker. I thought just about every outcome of our chat and thought about every outcome that, that could happen with our chat. Will there be, let's see, there's, there's so many. Will he be able to tell me what it was like to interview Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett, Sir John Templeton? Would he be so enamored with me that we would at that moment pull a stepbrothers and become best friends, and then he would introduce me to all of his buddies? Would he be happy to hop on my show and collaborate? Could he give me tips on writing? Would I end the meeting with a permanent British accent? Just to let you know, William was born and raised in London, and he is one of the best accents I have ever heard. Now, obviously, none of these things happened. And, and generally, none of these things do happen the way that you think, which is why it's important not to assume. But this is not a bad thing at all. And in fact, what actually happened was more than I could have ever asked for. The exaggerated list of dreams aside, all I wanted to do above all else is get to know how such a wonderful financial author truly ticks. But what I got in return, it's going to leave you speechless. But when I hopped on this Zoom call, and admittedly super early, I was oozing out of my Spanx with excitement and could hardly wait to see where the conversation would take us. As he entered the Zoom call, our conversation started cordially, as any professional conversation does. We got situated and acquainted with each other, and then things took a uniquely positive turn. I, I must admit that parts of this conversation, they're a bit blurry, as I got so caught up in the moment, it was as if I was in a dream. But what I specifically remember is that I realized 10 minutes or so in that William was giving me advice that I've only gotten one time before in my life. And the best way to describe this feeling is to take you back to when I had just graduated from college. So back in the day, my health was not the best. And diagnosed with Crohn's disease at four, I specifically remember the doctor painting this terrible picture of how my life was going to end up. Small, weak, energyless. You fast forward to when I was a sophomore in high school, I had that do or die moment and took total charge of my health. You fast forward to my last year in college and I took the all out plunge to committing to the eventual competition in a drug-free bodybuilding show. And skipping ahead rather quickly, I found my coach who is still an instrumental part of my life to this day and dove head first into my first prep for a bodybuilding show, true prep. Now, halfway through my prep, my coach was telling me, that there would be a world champion bodybuilder that was guest posing for the show, Mr. Moji Alua. And just like I still do to this day, I tracked him down and set up a time on the day of the show to sit down with him and quote unquote, get the secret sauce. To say that Moji had, and still does, the body of a demigod is an understatement. This dude was, and again, still is, built like a friggin' brick house. And sure, 
Genetics helped out a bit, but to, to look like that, it takes a tremendous amount of hard work as well as understanding and solid and having a solid framework around what works for you. So naturally, I naively thought he was going to give me all of this immediately at once, poof, just like that. And when I sat down in his hotel room, pen and paper ready, it was all set, the, the, the stage was set, and I was all set to jot down all of this in all of his years of wisdom. But turns out I didn't write down a thing. To summarize that chat, to get back to William, in a nutshell, Moji not only urged me, he essentially begged me not to do what he did. Right? I, I know, I know. That's pretty crazy. And I thought the exact same thing from start to finish of that entire conversation. I remember leaving that room pretty bummed and confused and almost competitively angry because on the surface, I did not get what I set out to achieve. Now, looking back and knowing much more about the fitness industry that, than I do now, I know how much value Moji was trying to more than give me, basically ingrain in me. And it took years for me to realize, but once I did, I have been forever grateful and it matured me well beyond my years. So back to William conversation because because don't want to get too far off topic william's conversation was a bit different for starters i'm infinitely more mature than i was back then i understood that anything one chooses to give you is of value it's just up for you to figure out where the value lies thirdly contrary to my sarcastic list of dreams i mentioned earlier i know to never never go into interactions like this with pre-existing expectations of outcomes. And lastly, if someone is provided or something is provided to me, the good Lord is telling me that I'm ready to take it on. And if not, I'm simply not ready. And I'm at peace with that. That last one is extremely critical. So knowing all of that, when William was providing me advice, it was almost as if he was pouring out all of his energy that he took writing his book into the precious hour that we had together. William didn't beg me to, to not pursue the love of understanding how the most brilliant minds invest, but rather he, he put things into perspective that I had never thought of until just then. Technically, it was one of those moments where we all probably know what needs to be done or said, you know what I mean? But it's that special person that comes along that tells you the same advice in a way that just hits you differently, which in turn makes you adapt. Sometimes it's so eye-opening, it can even hurt. One of the things William mentioned was also reiterated on his podcast where he had Jason Zwig, one of my favorite financial journalists, on to talk about the famous people they had interviewed and the major commonalities. Now, you've all heard me talk about Warren Buffett more than enough on this show, so it'd be safe to say that I look up to the man a lot as he has been tremendously successful in so many ways. Warren learned from Ben Graham, who is known as the godfather of investing. Am I a fan of his? Absolutely. 
Even though I'm a fan of these two, by no means are they perfect. As Jason pointed out that Warren was divorced from his first wife because he was so obsessed with his work that he simply wasn't present with his family. Ben Graham was married multiple times and was a well-known womanizer. Just as Jason went on and on about these imperfections, William reiterated them to me in our conversation. Now, I'm not going to I'm not here to say we all live in a perfect world and people don't make mistakes because that is the farthest from the truth. And we unfortunately live in a very broken world and we always have, and and we always will. But the difference is that many of these brilliant minds had their stars so perfectly aligned in their craft that they lost focus on other aspects of their lives that were just as, if not significantly, more important. Why that hit home so hard for me is that in my 20s, I had the work mindset of Buffett. All day, every day, planning, period, no question. Stay hungry, stay ruthless, stay nimble, stay successful because your clients are counting on you. In Warren's case, it was shareholders of Berkshire Hathaway. Now, for the majority of my 20s, I was single. So until I met Steph, less time with the girlfriend, which then became fiance, which then became wife, meant more time to plunge back into perfecting my craft and growing my business. All of that sounds fun and games, but there comes a point in success where you know that you're going to be okay, so long as you don't royally screw up and invest moronically. And when you get there, That's the real challenge. What hit me in the best way about William is that over the years he had interviewed all of these people, he's been able to take the good, the bad, and the ugly of each and every one of them and not so much focus on what makes you great, but as Warren Buffett's business partner, Charlie Munger says, just know what not to do and you can't help but become successful. Now, I don't know William on a super personal level, but I could tell you that his family came first no matter what. To the best of his abilities, he makes sure to truly balance that time with them and sincerely be in the moment. That is what wealth is all about. Because again, once you know that you are on the right track financially, there comes a point where you go from desperation to, okay, I think I'm good, to, all right, I'm going to make it, to, okay, now it's time to really take it up a notch and move financial mountains. Once you get to the third one, the fourth one will naturally come. And when it does, don't forget to transition that focus to those that loved you when you were nothing. That's the best place to reinvest. There was a ton that we spoke about that I'm going to keep between us out of respect of each other's word and friendships. But what I will say is the fact that William took seemingly all his knowledge and essentially hand it to me on a silver platter when he darn well knew he would most likely get nothing in return speaks volumes into the man that he truly is as well as providing you capitalizers with the true tools to living a richer, wiser, and happier life. If I could summarize the most important takeaways that William gave me that I could pass on to you capitalizers, 
Number one, you must, must seriously understand the balance of knowing when enough is truly enough in terms of money, but really anything in life. Number two, when in doubt, lean on time with your family because there will come a point where there's no point in that one more dollar. Number three, you must truly analyze the pros and cons of starting something big before embarking on it, whether it be starting a new company, starting a podcast, publishing a book, developing a masterclass, you name it. And lastly, and most importantly, always, always, always constantly ask yourself, am I truly living richer, wiser, and happier? I want to conclude today's episode by thanking William for our wonderful time together. And I cannot wait to eventually have you on Capitalize Your Finances. In our hour together, you provided me with much more value than most have in a lifetime. And after reflecting on our conversations for days on end, I began and I continue to understand what you were trying to tell me without directly teaching as these lessons are best learned, not taught. On behalf of all of my fans, your readers, my family, and myself, I want to thank you for providing all of us with so much value. And because of you, we are all one step closer to living richer, wiser, and happier. The information provided should not be considered specific tax, legal, or investment advice and is not specific to any individual's personal circumstances. You should always seek counsel of the appropriate advisor prior to making any investment decision. All investments are subject to risk, including the loss of principal. This material was gathered from sources believed to be reliable. However, its accuracy cannot be guaranteed. No client or prospective client should assume that the information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized advice from Capitalize Your Finances or from any other investment professional. Christopher Paniotu is a registered representative with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. The investment professionals are affiliated with LPL Financial and are conducting business using the name Capitalize Your Finances, a separate entity from LPL Financial. William Green and any other individual or company mentioned in this podcast are not affiliated with Capitalize Your Finances or LPL Financial.